Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? It's Friday! <laughs> yeah! Yes, it sure is. Yeah, you may have missed the Twitter hijinks yesterday. Some uh, some dude who hosts a, a radio station yeah. or something up in New York. Yeah, he goes by like Kid Meepo or Mito or some weirdo <laughs> or something like that. He went after Tucker Carlson on his Twitter account, yeah. like, you know, in all caps, like challenged him to a fight. Uh-huh. Oh, so, yeah. uh, you know, listen, I, I was like, you fake tough guy, you know, the I one guess. of these fake tough guys. I've run into them my whole life. And uh, I had some back and forth. You got to check it out on Twitter. It's really funny. It's I, I think his name is Mito or or me, Miro or Meepo or something like that. Meepo. So he responds back. It was funny. No, it's funny, folks. It's, I usually don't refer you to my Twitter account. I hate to bore you with my Twitter yeah. fights, but this one is definitely worth your time. You got to see this guy flipping out. He, he tells me to... He, <laughs> it's not a joke. I'm, it's not, I'm, this really happened. The yeah. guy who challenges Tucker Carlson to a fight, by the way. So yeah. I was like, oh, you know, listen, I'm, I'm not going to... Uh, whatever, man. You're going to challenge... Your, I think you're a fake tough guy, you know? Yeah. He tells me to, this is, you know, when you were a kid, Joe, if a, if a dude wanted to fight you, did they ever tell you, meet me around the corner? Yeah, Meet me sure. outside in the parking lot? Absolutely. Meet me outside of school, right? Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever told you to meet them in the men's department at Neiman Marcus? <laughs> and- <laughs> Guy's like, dude, I'm famous in New York. He goes, I'm on billboards in New York. And so I kept responding back. It's actually Miro, but I kept responding back to driving him crazy. Dear Meepo. Dear Mito. I kept (laughs) Listen, folks, I'm telling you, it's worth your time. It's really funny. Yeah, dear Meepo. It was driving him out. You Meepo. I'm I'm famous. I'm I'm on a billboard, man. He's like, I was in a Super Bowl commercial, man. Wow. We're all so impressed. He's like, good luck with your cheapo podcast, man. Good luck. Jeez Louise. Fake tough guys, I know. Yeah. They're a dime a dozen. We are, meet me in the men's, men's department, department at Neiman Marcus. Oh, I was crying reading it. Oh, like, yeah, dude. meanwhile, people are responding back to this guy. Hey, Meepo, you're picking the wrong fight here, yeah. buddy. Just, just FYI. All right. Uh, listen, I got a lot of great stuff for you today, All right. um, including a great analysis of this current situation by Andy McCarthy, which exposes these these hack liberals and media folks for what they are. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at ExpressVPN. Love ExpressVPN. Admit it. You think cybercrime is something that happens to other people, not you, but it may happen to you. You may think that no one wants your data or that hackers can't grab your passwords, your sensitive data or credit card details, but you'd be wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make easy money. When you leave your internet connection unencrypted, they, you may as well be writing your passports on that billboard out there. You know, the billboards, the other guys talking about. That's what would happen. Oh, yeah. And credit card numbers uh, for the rest of the world to see. That's why I decided to take action. To protect myself from cyber criminals, I use my family uses ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. ExpressVPN is easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, and tablet. I use ExpressVPN. I'm not that tech-savvy. It's really easy to use. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. Using ExpressVPN, I and you, you can safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having any of your personal data taken away. You don't want that. 
For less than $7 a month, you can get some of the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Here's what you got to do. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. You will love them. Super easy to use. Protect your personal information. Okay. Great. Uh, let's go. Express uh, uh, Express VPN was in my head there. <laughs> Express the Express train to the Dan Bongino show. Go. I was watching Andy McCarthy this morning on with Bill Hemmer on Fox, and he's always a source of really terrific analysis. And he said, you know, it's fascinating, uh, piling on to yesterday's show where he covered this liberal uh, uh, nonsense that they're, they're jumping on with the media now. The Barr report, Barr's compromised. The DOJ's compromised because Barr was handpicked uh, by Donald Trump. Uh, first off, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I thought this was common sense, but again, arguing for common sense in today's era with liberals is largely a waste of your time. Every attorney general is handpicked by the president. Are you unfamiliar with how appointees in the executive branch work? Selected by the president, confirmed by the Senate. <laughs> stunning, stunning. There it is, the denouement. Oh my gosh. Handpicked by the president. Every attorney general is handpicked by the president. Oh. Eric Holder and Loretta Lynch were handpicked by Obama. So that line's really dumb, but McCarthy brings up a great point because what the Democrats are now trying to say is, Bill Barr is clearly, this is the piece, by the way, in National Review where he covers it, The Folly of the Mueller Investigation by Andy McCarthy. It'll be in the show notes today. Please read it. It's very good. He, he addresses this, this conundrum the liberals find themselves in. Mm. So you're saying now the Department of Justice is corrupted if you're a liberal because it's run by an attorney general picked by the president, which, again, every attorney general is picked by the president. Right. But what's fascinating, Joe, is McCarthy brings up a great point here. It's the Southern District is in DOJ, the same Southern District that's prosecuting Michael Cohen and yep. is now celebrating the fact the liberals are celebrating the fact that the Southern District of New York, a division of the Department of Justice gotcha. run by Bill Barr, is the same division investigating Trump. So we love the Southern District. It's really awesome because they're hammering Donald Trump. We hate the Department of Justice that runs the Southern District because Donald Trump picked an attorney general that runs it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm telling you, I wake up every morning thinking to myself, what liberal idiocy can we debunk today? Nothing they stand for makes any sense at all. Being a liberal requires you to suspend disbelief. It requires you to go into a movie knowing it's fake and pretend it's real. Suspension of disbelief, right? You, you, yeah. you suspend your disbelief that the movie is fake because you want to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. This is being a liberal. You go into the movie, you watch a movie knowing it's fake, but you suspend your disbelief because you enjoy being stupid. Is the Southern District that's investigating Trump the bad guys or the good guys? Because they work for Bill Barr. I know you don't understand how government works. President selects an attorney general nominee. Senate confirms him. That's only the way it's been happening forever. Okay. <laughs> the Southern District of New York is a district within the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice is broken down at the Southern District, Eastern, Eastern District. Some states only have one district. There was Maryland when I worked in the Baltimore field office of the Secret Service. Oh, what, what is it? But there are some other points McCarthy's brought up. The Southern District one, I'm sorry, that may be my addition to it, may not be in there. But another one of McCarthy's points, 
They loved the Mueller probe. They thought Mueller was great when he was harassing Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But Mueller's chief bulldog, Joe, Andrew Weissman, Andrew Weissman came from where? The Department of Justice. So let's just be clear. You hate the Department of Justice run by Bill Barr, who was a Trump appointee, because you think they're conflicted, yet the same conflicted Department of Justice you celebrate when they're investigating Trump vis-a-vis the Southern District. And when Andrew Andrew Weissman, who was picked from the same Department of Justice to investigate Trump, starts investigating Trump, you love him while you simultaneously hate the Department of Justice. My. Folks, none of this makes any sense to anyone who's capable of even basic rational thought. All right, I just want to throw that out there because I, I just, I can't take it anymore. I watch these people on the nightly news, these liberal talking heads, and it's just one BS line after the next. Jerry Nadler, this lunatic who's, who's rapidly competing with Adam Schiff and Swalwell for being the silliest, most discredited, debunked hack member of Congress. It's obstruction. Bill Barr's hiding obstruction. He's hiding obstruction. What is wrong with you? Do you have any evidence that what you said is just true? No, I have no evidence. Of course you don't. All right. I want to prepare you for this, okay? We're, we're about eight, nine minutes in. I wanted to get that out of the way. But I want to prepare you for this, and I, and I want to kind of maybe, I don't know, may, this may help, this may hurt. I'm going to explain to you some really astonishing information that came out yesterday. It's in terms of what's gone on with this, this operation to take down the Trump team. I cover it in my second book, um, but it's. I'm going to be honest with you, folks. It's very confusing, and I know you're never supposed to tell your radio. Joe's like, that's Joe's been in radio mm. a long time. You never want to tell your audiences, but yeah. folks, it's important. Um, it's critical stuff that I'm going to talk through with you now, and I hope it makes sense. And I'm relying on your email feedback and Joe to tell me if it doesn't. Let's put the lead out there first, because some astonishing new information came out yesterday uh, via Chuck Ross at the Daily Caller, who put a piece out. It's been covered by Fox. It was all over yesterday. The piece is titled Cambridge Academic Reflects on Interactions with Spygate Figure. Here's the lead, because that headline may be confused. I'm going to get to Chuck's piece, which is in the show notes, and it's a must read. It's really good. It's in the show notes today. The lead is this. From the start, I've been very curious as to why the FBI's timeline on why they spied on the Trump team and attacked them on behalf of the Obama administration. I've been very curious as to why the timeline in the story changes all the time. Yeah. It started with Trump was a traitor. Then it went to no Carter Page and the dossier. Mm -hmm. Then it flipped back to no Papadopoulos did it. Then it flipped to Papadopoulos and Downer did it. The timeline kept changing. And I was talking with a friend of mine, a good source, who's a great analyst on this case yesterday on the phone. He knows who he is. And uh, I think it finally makes sense why the Bureau is so desperate, the FBI, to get everybody in the media to, to advance this story that George Papadopoulos and this Downer meeting started this entire investigation. And the reason I believe this is because the FBI was a key player in an off-the-shelf classic entrapment scheme. I've said this from the start. Um, I haven't brought it up in a long time, but the information that came out yesterday leads me to believe that my analysis of this situation from the start, that Joseph Mifsud, this Maltese professor who meets with Papadopoulos in April... Uh, of of 2016, that this is a, a put classic push pull. 
In other words, they pushed information into the Trump team through Papadopoulos with the goal of pulling it out later to make Papadopoulos look like some kind of a spy or an intermediary for Russian information. Why do I believe this? Okay. Again, keep the lead in mind here that this is a classic entrapment operation and that this was off the shelf. They had used this before. First, we already know that in 2008, this John McCain colluded with the Russians thing. It had already been tried. So in other words, people in the Democrat Party, Hillary, Obama, others out there, must have been aware of the fact that this attaching people to the Russians narrative is damaging. Everybody tracking me? Yeah. Because it had been tried as we've, I don't want to repeat the show, back as far as 2008 on John McCain. This is a central feature in book, which lays out a timeline that's going to blow your mind. The book is called Exonerated, by the way, The Failed Takedown of Donald Trump. I appreciate everyone who's pre-ordered it on Amazon. It means a lot to me. I hate to keep bringing it up, but we're putting a lot of work into it. This off-the-shelf narrative fails against McCain, although, because you know, fails against McCain, but Obama wins and it largely dies and, and falls apart. Now, the old way of thinking of things is that the Trump team presented a unique opportunity to spy. The new way I'm going to tell you to think of things is this wasn't new at all, that this... This guy colluded with the Russians, fill in the blank guy, mm-hmm. had been tried before, and Trump was just the Republican nominee, so they decided to hammer him with it. That's why I believe this is such a bigger scandal than anyone wants you to believe. It was not specifically about Trump. It was about the Obama administration weaponizing intelligence and making up lies about people, accusing them essentially of being traitors to the country in order to gain political advantage. It was tried against McCain. It was tried against... Flynn. It was tried against Trump. It was tried against Page. It was tried against Papadopoulos. This off the shelf, take the model off the shelf, Russian colluder, fill in blank name, had been tried repeatedly. Why is this new article by Chuck Ross so fascinating? Because it describes as far back as 2014 now, an effort to take the, he's a Russian colluder. And pin it to Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Now, why is that 2014 date in this new piece by Chuck Ross so fascinating? Again, Catherine Harridge did some great work last night on this, too, interviewing the woman involved in this, by the way, on Fox News. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump was not running for president in 2014. And Mike Flynn, remember this date, doesn't join the Trump campaign team until February of 2016. Okay. Now. This is where this is going to get really interesting, okay? So we have some screenshots from from Chuck Ross's piece. Remember, Donald Trump's not running for president until 2015, and and Flynn doesn't join the team until February of 2016. So this reminds me of that movie Frankenstein, Robert De Niro, that was awful. Remember when he's walking through the street? He's the cholera! The cholera! (laughs) Because they think he's got a disease. He's the colluder! He's the colluder! It's everywhere. It's McCain, and now in 2014, it's Flynn. Now, why would it be Flynn? Why would the Obama administration want to take down someone with a colluder label? The cholera. You're the cholera! Why? Because Flynn is an outspoken critic of the Iran deal, which is the signature foreign policy piece of the Obama administration. Flynn hates it because he understands exactly what it is, an effort to appease the death to America crowd, which will only result in a proliferation cascade of nuclear weapons in the Middle East with people who want to kill us. 
Good job by Flynn. That's the long and short of the Iran deal. Flynn hates it. Obama considers him an enemy. The Obama administration has to take Flynn down, but they can't take Flynn down. Why, Joe? Because like with Papadopoulos and like with Carter Page used later on and with Donald Trump, there's no evidence to take them down that they've done anything criminal or even illicit. What do they do? They go to the local Toys R Us. They go, let's aisle six, Russian colluder aisle. They go halfway down on the left. They take the Russian colluder toy. In the Russian colluder toy, they put the Flynn battery. Oh, This is a mix and match, plug and play narrative they've tried over and over. It's the timeline in Chuck Ross's piece that tells me that what I've been telling you for the entire time is true. This happened in 2014. Now, what happened in 2014? Let me lay it out. We're going to put up on the screen some screenshots from the Chuck Russ piece, starting with uh, screenshot number one. This is available in visual form on YouTube.com slash Bongino. Please subscribe. Check out the video, too. I think you'll like it. This is a photo, courtesy of Svetlana Lakova, of a dinner. Look at the date here, folks. It's important. I'll describe it for you. It is a dinner at Cambridge University in London, London, which appears again on February 28th. 2014. It's in the Daily Caller piece, too, if you want to look at it yourself. If you don't want to watch the video, that's fine. It is a photo of Sir Richard Dearlove, a prominent intelligence official for the United Kingdom, a guy by the name of Christopher Andrew, an associate, by the way, of a guy who knows Stefan Halper, and Mike Flynn. This is a fascinating picture because it's taken by Svetlana Lakova. Mm. Well, who is Svetlana Lakova? Svetlana Lakova is a woman that is accused of some illicit dealings with the Russians and suspicious dealings with Mike Flynn at that dinner in 2014. Oh, oh, wow. Conveniently, Lakova... It's alleged, according to multiple pieces by mainstream media outlets, the accusation that this Lakova is some kind of a Russian carve-out who had suspicious dealings with Flynn at this 2014 dinner. According to multiple media reports, that allegation comes from who? Stefan Halper. Mm. Noted CIA asset. And Richard Dearlove, UK intelligence James Bondo. He's not James Bond. He's James Bondo. Or he's Bondo (laughs) James. That allegation comes from them. Mike Flynn is targeted with the Toys R Us Isle 5 Russian colluder label as early as 2014. Flynn hasn't joined the Trump campaign yet. Trump's not even running for president, folks. Now, Ross, who's done some tremendous work, I strongly encourage you to read the piece. It'll be in the show notes with that Andy McCarthy piece. Please subscribe to my email list, by the way. I'll send you these show notes. You can read them every day. You will be so far ahead of the game. I had a source on some of this, by the way, a little while ago. Not this specific, but kind of pointed me in this direction. And as I told my buddy yesterday on the phone, I'm very hesitant to report it until we can nail this down. Mm. If Stefan Halper, a central intelligence agency asset, he's a U.S. citizen working with the CIA, the Mm -hmm. CIA, 
and a UK intelligence official are mingling in our nonsense and making false charges that Flynn had inappropriate uh, interactions with this Russian woman in 2014. By the way, which this Russian uh, with Lakova firmly denies. She was on with Catherine Herridge last night in an exclusive interview on Fox. She absolutely 100% categorically denies any connection to Russian intel at all. Right. She's furious, but that picture is courtesy of her. Mm -hmm. She took the photo of Flynn. Ask yourself a simple question. If Halper's analysis of the situation that Mike Flynn in 2014 had some inappropriate dealings, but this is nonsense, by the way, with this woman Svetlana Lakova at this thing, Flynn denies it. The guy there with Flynn, who is from the DIA as well, denies it. It's never been confirmed. Lakova denies it. It was a dinner at Cambridge. Then why is Lakova, who Halper and them are insinuating is some kind of a Russian carve out, why is she getting an invite in February of 2016 to a dinner for who? Stefan Halper's wife, Esposa. Digest those cookies for a minute. Man. So Central Intelligence Agency asset. Feed some BS information to the Obama administration that hates Mike Flynn about he could be a Russian colluder. He was talking to this Russian lady at the event. Yes, yeah, she's such a great Russian spy. She took a picture of the thing and put it in the Daily Caller. <laughs> <laughs> Janet Bondo. Bondo <laughs> Janet. Halper reports back that this woman's very suspicious. She then gets an invite in February of 2016. I told you to remember a date before. What else happened in February of 2016? Think, think hard. Oh, yes. Mike Flynn joins the Donald Trump campaign. Wow. All of a sudden, this woman, Lekova, Svetlana Lekova says, hey, read the Daily Caller piece. You can read her take on it. She says, out of the blue, I get an invite to a dinner in honor of Stefan Halper's wife, who she has very little personal contact with. She says she doesn't even like the guy. She doesn't see it comes seemingly out of nowhere. Ah! <laughs> Why the heck would you invite a Russian asset back to your house if you're convinced she's trying to destroy the United States in conjunction with former DIA director Mike Flynn? Yeah. Well, the answer is obvious. Yeah. You invite her back to your house in February of 2016 to potentially probe her for information. Again, you can use to feed the false narrative that Michael Flynn, aisle five Russian colluder label, that Mike Flynn is in fact a Russian colluder. Keep in mind the lead of this story because I don't want to lose you in the details. The lead of the story is this. The timeline keeps changing with the FBI because they're trying to hide the fact that they were played for fools in the aisle five Russian colluder tar your political opponents scandal. They tried it on McCain, number one. They then tried it on Flynn in 2014. It didn't work. Flynn joins the Trump team. They panic. And the woman suspiciously gets an invite back. Who is the key figure in all of this stuff? Stefan Halper. 
an intelligence asset. That's right. Is this the Obama administration's bag man? What is he doing? Why is this guy so quiet? Why can no why has nobody gotten an interview with this guy? Paul, if you wouldn't mind uh putting up that piece from the the, the first uh snippet of the piece. This is interesting. From Chuck Ross's piece. The Post reported on June 5th of 2018 that Stefan Halper and Dearlove were disconcerted by Flynn and Lakova's interactions in 2014. Those concerns were provided to American and British intelligence, so it's unclear if Halper and Dearlove were direct sources for the government agencies. Dearlove met prior to the 2016 U.S. election with Christopher Steele. The former MI6 officer authored the infamous anti-Trump dossier. Dossier. Alleging a well-developed conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin. Okay, so now we have another connection. So we know Dearlove, who is alleged to have been a source, either direct or indirect, for this allegation that Flynn, aisle five, Russian colluder, that mm-hmm. Flynn's a Russian colluder from the Toys R Us aisle. We know Dearlove also knows Christopher Steele, who, wow, magically produced a dossier alleging what? Alleging that Carter Page was a Russian asset, too. In a well-developed conspiracy with the Kremlin. Ladies and gentlemen, you're getting played for idiots by these fools. But before I get to Page, I want to put up the second snippet from the Daily Caller piece by Chuck Ross. Because it brings up another fascinating angle that was exposed yesterday. Stefan Halper, the bag man, the guy involved in all of this. Flynn, Page, Papadopoulos. Clovis, another Trump official. Halper reaches out to Papadopoulos in September of 2016 and offered the young Trump aide $3,000 and a trip to London. London magically keeps coming up with this. Oh, dear love, he works for the United Kingdom. How suspicious, isn't it? To write a policy paper on energy issues. Two months after the Daily Caller report, the Times and the Post identified Halper as a longtime FBI and CIA informant sent to gather intelligence on the Trump campaign. The newspapers also reported Halper was one of those at Cambridge who had expressed concerns about Lakova's interaction with Flynn. The Times reported May 18, 2018, that Halper was alarmed by the general's apparent closeness with a Russian woman who was also in attendance. Apparently, Halper wasn't alarmed enough to not invite them back in February of 2016, back to his home to celebrate his wife's birthday or whatevs. The Papadopoulos story. Now it's all becoming clear. Ladies and gentlemen, it's obvious to people who have uh, been doing a lot of homework on this case, people I communicate with, that the reason the FBI's timeline constantly changes is they're trying to hide their role in a massive entrapment scheme designed to entrap U.S. people or political enemies of the Democrats and the Obama administration with an aisle five Russian colluder tar and feather label. Now, you may be failing to make the connection here. Well, wh- I don't understand, Dan. Why would the Papadopoulos downer meeting and the June-July 30th opening of Crossfire Hurricane, why would changing that timeline diminish that? Hmm. Because the FBI is hiding something. 
And I believe what they're hiding is after the Flynn collusion, aisle five colluder label completely collapsed, Flynn's never been charged once with any kind of a conspiracy charge with relationship to Russians. Not one time. There is no allegation of it in the Mueller indictments. There's no allegation of it anywhere except in the mind of bagman Stefan Halper. <laughs> Stefan Halper magically reappears in September of 2016. And has to lure Papadopoulos back to London. Why? Crossfire Hurricane's already open. Why would they need to lure him back if they've got such a great case that Papadopoulos is is relaying dirt on Hillary through, through Russians? Because, ladies and gentlemen, that dirt line uh. that Papadopoulos is alleged to have told Downer in the meeting that the FBI swears opened up this case, that dirt line doesn't appear anywhere. That dirt line only appears in one place. In an April of 2016 meeting between George Papadopoulos and a mysterious Maltese professor by the name of Joseph Mifsud. That is the only time anywhere where the word dirt on Hillary in the form of, quote, thousands of emails ever appears. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. N- Follow me. Okay, we're with you. So if the FBI, you, if the FBI's yeah. whole case starting in July of 2016 is based on a downer Papadopoulos, Alexander Downer, an Australian diplomat in London with Papadopoulos, where there's no mention of dirt at all. Downer acknowledges Papadopoulos never said anything about dirt on Hillary. Papadopoulos disavows it. It doesn't appear in any of the charging documents that that was said to Downer. Then how is the FBI investigating a case based on Russians trying to transmit, quote, dirt on Hillary in the form of thousands of emails to Papadopoulos? You may say, well, Dan, it's obvious it's obvious that they they must have had some prior knowledge of the April 2016 meeting between Papadopoulos and Miss Sud. Oh, yes, exactly. Why are they hiding that, though? Ladies and gentlemen, they're hiding it because it's coming clearer by the day that Miss Sud or somebody at that meeting was working with our intelligence agencies to transmit that information to the FBI. Bingo. How else would they get it? I want to give a heavy duty hat tip to at uh, John W. Huber. It's a Twitter account on set undercover. Huber uh, is, is, as is, the, the, is, is nom de, nom de plume. I was going to say nom de gare, but nom de plume, totally different. This guy does great work. Oh, I don't know who it is. It could be a woman. I have no idea. Um, probably better off that way. But picked out a fascinating little tidbit. I'm going to put up a screenshot from Adam Schiff's memo he wrote after the Nunes memo. This is a fascinating tidbit here that is that I, no one has picked out. Adam Schiff writes this memo after Devin Nunes exposes this whole spying scandal on the Trump team. Here's how it reads. There's a line in there. It says, uh, weeks before the world learned that Russian actors hacked into the DNC and the Clinton campaign, the Russians, through intermediaries, he's talking about Mifsud here. So he's already setting you up for the fact that Adam Schiff knows Mifsud is a Russian spy. F- please track me here. This is Schiff's memo. Mm-hmm. 
So he's basically saying that the, the Russians, through Mifsud, informed one of the candidate's foreign policy advisors, George Papadopoulos, in April of 2016, that the Russian government had dirt on Hillary in the form of thousands of emails. In evidence before the FISA court, the DOJ also revealed that the Russians previewed the release of this information to Mr. Papadopoulos at the time. Evidence before the FISA court? Yeah. Joe, how would the word dirt and thousands of emails appear in a FISA court application that was approved in October of 2016 if the FBI didn't find out about the dirt on Hillary line and the Mifsud meeting until January of 2017 when they interview Papadopoulos? Remember. Yeah. The FBI story is, oh, no, no, we got this whole thing from this guy, Alexander Downer, who met with Papadopoulos in May. And in July, he told us that he met with Papadopoulos and it was really shady. Mm -hmm. And the New York Times 2017 story reports that it was Downer who told them about the dirt on Hillary. No, no, it wasn't. Downer has insisted he did not say that. Never has a word in human history, in the history of spying, been so controversial. Where did the term dirt come from? The dirt on Hillary. Mm -hmm. It came from an April 2016 meeting. Why won't the FBI just say that? You see my point? It yeah. did not come from Downer. Why won't the FBI just admit that they got this term, the Russians have dirt on Hillary, from Papadopoulos, but they had it to put in a FISA warrant because Mifsud or someone at that meeting where dirt was mentioned in April was working with the FBI. The reason they won't say it is because they don't want to admit their role in a serious entrapment scandal. They got played for idiots because they wanted to get played. All right, I'm going to continue this in a second because this gets worse. I want to let you digest that for a minute. Remember the takeaway. Mm -hmm. Dirt, Alexander Downer never ever mentions the F to the FBI the word dirt or thousands of emails. Never. That is only in the Mifsud meeting. So why doesn't the FBI just say that? Because Mifsud or someone there was working with them to target an innocent guy. Papadopoulos, and they don't want you to know that. That's why. So they want you to believe a tip that came in from an Australian diplomat started the whole thing. That's why the media, the Chris Saliza types, you know, the, the uninformed of the world keep telling you this because they don't want you to look back to April 2016. I'm, when I get back, I'm going to, from this, I'm going to, was there an investigation open back then? Because if there were, we got a lot of problems. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at GenuSub. We love this product in my household. My mother-in-law, I got to put a picture of my beautiful mother-in-law up one day. She looks fantastic. I'm not even going to tell you her age because you'll be like, what is she, 35? What's the secret? GenuCell. We love GenuCell. Do you wish that double chin would just disappear? Are those bags and puffiness getting a little worse every day? Here's an email from Robin S. from Lubbock, Texas. I put the jawline cream on my neck about two or three days ago. It's the best my neck has looked in years. Several people told me my face looks young. I am blown away. With GenuCell's natural actives and a pure antioxidant base with no parabens, no chemical scents, and no pharmaceutical preservatives, it's the clean luxury your skin deserves every day. Order right now and the GenuCell jawline treatment is yours absolutely free just for ordering the classic GenuCell plant stem cell therapy for bags and puffiness. Text the word YOUNG. 
to 77453 or go to com. That's genucell.com. They're classic genucell plant stem cell therapy. It will take care of those bags and puffiness. Genucell works for men, works for women. And for results in 12 hours or less, the genucell immediate effects is also included free. Order now, get free three-day shipping. Text YOUNG to 77453 or go to genucell.com. That's genucell.com, genucell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Go check it out. You're going to love it. Okay, so getting back to this. If the formal investigation, according to the FBI, started July 30th of 2016, and the only time this dirt line on Hillary is ever mentioned is April of 2016, we got a big old problem, Armacost, don't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. What the hell's the FBI doing in April 2016 investigating a case they've already told everyone didn't open until July? What's the explanation? Well, there's only two. Explanation number one, which I find highly unlikely, is that Joseph Mifsud, who meets with George Papadopoulos in April of 2016 and allegedly tells him that the Russians have dirt on Hillary in the form of thousands of emails, that Mifsud, according to Adam Schiff, uh, can you put up Adam Schiff's, uh, that line from Adam Schiff again? is that Adam Schiff's story is correct. Adam Schiff puts up, and as you can see here, in his memo, that he believes the Russians, through an intermediary, who he's referring to Mifsud, informed Papadopoulos about the dirt on Hillary. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that would be a big problem, would it not? If Mifsud was working for the Russians and was trying to collude with the Trump team in the form of Papadopoulos to pass on Hillary's emails, Joe, that'd be a big problem, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. And it would give a viable explanation to how the FBI in a FISA warrant, which, again, I'm not so, I'm going to be clear, Schiff may be lying about this, but those are his, I'm just using his words. If that is, in fact, in a FISA document, it would make perfect sense. You may say, all right, Dan, story over. Mifsud was a Russian asset. Was he? Because if Mifsud was a Russian asset, why is he never charged? Mueller was happy to charge all those GRU Russian intel people. Remember that one, Joe? Yeah. And the Russian sure server did. farms and all those other people. Mueller charged all them. Yeah. Why not charge Joseph Mifsud with being a Russian intel asset trying to intersect with the Trump campaign? You would have proved some at least attempted collusion. Why didn't he do it? The answer is because Mifsud's not a Russian asset. Mifsud is a Western intelligence asset, as Mifsud's own lawyer has already told us. Folks, Mifsud is interviewed in January, excuse me, in February, right after they interview Papadopoulos and they find out about the dirt. They let him go. He comes back into the country for this FBI interview. But he doesn't come back for the interview. He's cleared to come back into the country to speak at, a, at an event co-sponsored by the State Department. The FBI interviews him and lets him go. Mifsud has been in the wind ever since. Joe, we've only been talking about Mifsud and the Maltese no. professor for well, well over a year now. Yeah, well over a year. Because, ladies and gentlemen, he's the key to the whole story. If Mifsud is not a Russian asset, like Adam Schiff alleges in his memo, and is not a carve-out, and that that dirt on Hillary that the Russians were trying to pass to us did not come from the Russians, but came from a guy working for our intelligence, then these two stories cannot coexist. 
The story that the Russians were pushing information to the Trump campaign becomes a story of what, Joe? U.S. intel Mm -hmm. working with friendlies trying to push information into the Trump campaign. Now do you get the lead of the story? This is why the FBI is, again, changing their timeline and story how this case started all the time. Because if the Mifsud story is ever told, he is ever interviewed, and ever comes out and admits he was working with Western Intel to entrap George Papadopoulos, we absolutely know then that our government was engaged in a potentially criminal scheme to violate our espionage laws and everything else to target a U.S. citizen in the form of both Mike Flynn and George Papadopoulos. Now. Getting back to Halper and Papadopoulos. Halper, who appears to be the bag man in all of this, contacts Papadopoulos to get him to come back to London after the case is open in September of 2016, offers him $3,000. That's fascinating. Hmm. Also, an alleged source in the dossier, Sergey Milian, also offers Papadopoulos money. Papadopoulos says it's upwards of $30,000. Why are all these people offering Papadopoulos money to continue to give, to give up the cookies and come back to London? Because they desperately are trying to get this information back. They planted into the campaign friendly intelligence assets, not the Russians, about this dirt on Hillary, and Papadopoulos won't give it up. Why, Joe, in September 2016, this Halper meet with him? It's crystal clear if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Halper's is an intelligence asset working with friendlies who needs Papadopoulos to tell him, hey, man, I heard from some Maltese guy that the Russians have dirt on Hillary. You want to work on that with me? Yeah. Except Papadopoulos doesn't say it. Matter of fact, Papadopoulos, there's no allegation anywhere that Papadopoulos uh, messages the Trump campaign and suggests that they should work with the Russians to get these emails. None. That allegation appears nowhere. Neither Papadopoulos nor Mifsud have been charged with anything related to that April 2016 meeting. George is listening, by the way. He's got a new book out, which is really terrific, by the way. Um, I want to thank him. He acknowledged me for keeping his story alive, which was very nice of him. Um, right. His story matters. Yeah, he's, which I was kind of surprised about. Someone sent me a screenshot of it. A lot of things make sense now, too. Papadopoulos alleges that the FBI was in a panic in January of 2017. They interview him in January and February of 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, they have nothing, just like they had nothing on Flynn. You can't tar someone with the Russian colluder label without eventually producing evidence of some kind of a crime, which they never could. They tried it on Flint, didn't work. They try it on Papadopoulos. They come back to Papadopoulos in January and they want Papadopoulos to put on a wire to go meet with Miss Sud again. You may say, well, Dan, that doesn't make sense. If Miss Sud's working with them, why would they want to do that? Folks, I believe the story makes a lot of sense now. I believe they're trying to throw Papadopoulos off the trail. I believe they, they, they've been, they were up on, they've been monitoring Papadopoulos for a long time, either through the two hop rule on Carter Page, the FISA on Carter Page, mm-hmm. or through a FISA warrant potentially on Papadopoulos himself. I believe they're monitoring him, and I believe the FBI in January, after Trump is elected, they panic. He's about to take office, and they realize at some point that Papadopoulos has probably figured out 
that he's been the victim of an entrapment scheme. Papadopoulos has also probably figured out that Mifsud and what is it, Arvinder Sembe, these people who set up the meeting with Mifsud are part of this entrapment scheme. You see where I'm going with this, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know Papadopoulos is on to them. Yes. In order to get Papadopoulos off the trail, what do you do? You ask him to wear a wire against Mifsud. Mm. Surely the FBI wouldn't ask me to wear a wire against a the guy they were working with. Right. It also makes sense why Mifsud, after that Papadopoulos meeting, is in the wind, never to be seen again. It's like the Ren and Stimpy episode, the land of the left socks, where they go. Nobody knows. Mifsud is the Ren and Stimpy left sock. Where he goes, nobody knows. Get him out of here quick. Get Papadopoulos off the trail. In other words, Joe, if you're working with the FBI, right, Mm -hmm. to target me and what you guys are doing, you and the FBI is totally immoral. It is. And I get wind of it and start emailing my friends. And now the FBI is reading it. Bongino's onto it. He knows we're targeting for a crime he didn't commit. Joe, what do we do? I got an idea. Let's tell Bongino to wear a wire against Joe and make Bongino believe we've been targeting Joe, not him. Ah. Brilliant. Yes, sir. But you don't want me communicating with Joe. So, Joe, you interview him and Joe conveniently disappears in the wind. Poof. Kaiser Sose, gone. This whole thing makes sense now. This whole thing. This is why they're hiding this April 2016 meeting. And this is also why Margot Cleveland's brilliant piece, which we discussed a long time ago on The Federalist, where she indicates this very suspicious footnote in one of the FISA renewals, where the FBI is desperate to avoid a FOIA on it, one of their sources. Cleveland appears to ins- intimate in the piece that that source is likely missood. That the Bureau was working with a source whose sole purpose was to feed information to the Trump team, to pull it out later, to entrap them in a collusion scheme. Folks, Missud is the key to this whole thing. If he is not a Russian asset, like Schiff is alleged, He's not. He was never arrested for it. His lawyer has no reason to lie. His photos on the internet, Ms. Sutter, with Western UK intelligence officials. If he was not a Russian asset, this whole case is garbage. The collusion was with friendlies. This new piece by Ross makes me believe that uh, hammers it home. Why? Why? Now, how does the Ross piece tie into this? The Ross piece ties into it because it indicates that Halper has been a key player in this Russian colluder aisle five label as far back as 2014. He was the guy. He's the aisle five Russian colluder manager in Toys R Us. We need to tar someone with Russian collusion. Get our buddy Stefan. They had already tried it as far back as 2014 with Flynn. Now they're trying it with Papadopoulos. They push it into Missoud. They get Halper to try to pull it out desperately in September of 2016. By the way, I believe they've been investigating Papadopoulos for a whole lot longer than they want to let on. And that Operation Dragon or whatever it was, I want to know if there was a FISA on Papadopoulos too. 
All right, now I want to tie it up with Paige because the Paige thing is going to make this whole thing stink to the heavens like you've never seen. All right, finally, today's show brought to you by buddies at Blinkist. Ladies and gentlemen, lady, uh, the, the list of titles you want to read in books, let's be honest, it gets perpetually long. I have the solution for you right now. If you're like me and the list of books you want to read and the people suggest you read, it's never ending and it's always expanding. Who has the time to read them all? Our sponsor, Blinkist, has solved your long list of must-reads once and for all. Who wouldn't love the key insights from a bunch of books you can get like that? And if you like the book, you like the key insights, you can go read the whole book later. Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of best-selling nonfiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements. So you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes all on your phone. With Blinkist, you will expand your knowledge and learn more in just 15 minutes. You can learn in, in almost any other way. Plus, you can listen anywhere. I like to listen when I'm driving. I like the Nassim Taleb books, which drives Joe crazy because I used to mention those books all the yeah. time. But they're great. He likes them too. I do. A Blinkist is constantly curating and adding new titles from best of lists. So you're always getting the most powerful ideas in a made for mobile format. Key insights from these books. These blinks are terrific. Five million people are using Blinkist to expand their minds 15 minutes at a time. Get started today. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist is a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Dan. Start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Dan. Start your three seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash Dan. Listen, 88% of financially successful people read at least 30 minutes per day. Get those key insights. Blinkist.com slash Dan. All right. Let's put up that last piece from uh, Chuck Ross's wonderful Daily Caller piece today, again, in the show notes, because I want to make a final connection here. Halper, they're talking about Halper, the bag man here. You need, this is the aisle five Russian colluder, Toys R Us aisle five manager. You need a Russian colluder, tar and feather job. This is your guy. Stefan Halper, whose late father-in-law was legendary CIA official Ray Klein, made contact with Carter Page. At a political forum hosted at Cambridge, London again. Oh. On July 11, 2016. Wait, wait, leave that up there. Hold on. July 11th? I thought Crossfire Hurricane opened July 30th, 2016. Gosh, isn't that crazy? July 11th, July 30th. July 11th, July 30th. July 11th is before July 30th, right, Joe? Yes, Just it double is. checking our information. Yes, it okay, is. Okay, thank you, buddy. Appreciate You're that. Welcome. Nearly three weeks before the FBI opened its investigation of the Trump campaign. Page attended the event after receiving an invitation of in June of 2016, even worse, from a PhD student who studied under Stefan Halper, aisle five bagman from Toys R Us. <sighs> so let's go down the list. So Halper makes an allegation in 2014 that Flynn's colluding with this Russian lady. Russian lady says, you guys are lunatics. No one else can confirm this. The same Halper invites her to a dinner for his wife in 2016, despite the fact that she's supposedly an alleged Russian colluder, which she avidly and convincingly denies. Okay? Halper also reconnects with George Papadopoulos, who meets with an alleged Russian, Mifsud shifts alleging he's a Russian guy, who nobody ever could charge with being a Russian, who the FBI interviews, and the guy magically disappears. Halper then meets with uh, with P, with uh, Papadopoulos and asks Papadopoulos too, hey, George, what about those emails? Papadopoulos is like, what the heck are you talking about with these emails? Aisle five bagman, back to the rescue again. I got an idea. Let's invite Carter Page 
over to London in Cambridge, <laughs> where maybe we can rope him in. A Remember, Carter idea, Page sir. is a yes. splendid, splendid idea. Sir. Crumpets for all. <laughs> he invites me. I've, you ever had a crumpet? I don't I even know what a crumpet have. is. Yes, I'm mm-hmm. embarrassed to think. You yeah. have had a I don't even know what yeah, it is. Is it like a biscuit or something? It's, it's really good with tea, <laughs> you know. <laughs> of all your yeah, your sticks, your your Englishman is 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 terrific. Uh-huh, I'm glad you appreciate really that, Daniel. I'm really <laughs> awful at accents. So Bondo James, Stefan Halper, decides he's gonna invite Paige over to London to Cambridge. Wow, isn't that good? So he starts greasing up Carter Page too. Folks, the timeline now makes a world of sense. This is the coup de grace of the show. And I'm putting it out there because I may be proven wrong later, and that's okay. Because I'm doing a lot of homework for my new book, and I'm pretty convinced now that the order we've been told, the timeline, not only is the timeline false because they're trying to hide the fact that Mifsud, who started this case, wasn't a Russian, but was was a friend was a friendly working with us, Joe. Not only trying to hide that, mm-hmm. but we've been told that the case started with this Papadopoulos Downer meeting. Right. Therefore, it couldn't have possibly started with Carter Page, even though Carter Page is the subject of the FISA. In other words, the order we've been told is Page is the subject of the FISA in October. Papadopoulos, though, starts the case in uh, in June of, of uh, June 30th of 2016 because of this tip they get from Downer that he was talking about emails. No one has ever publicly confirmed the fact that the FISA order may be out of order. Let me get to what I'm telling you. I think there was a FISA on George Papadopoulos first. And I'm willing to bet a bucket of nails on they found Carter Page. Not found him, but found an in into Carter Page. Remember Halper? Halper contacts Page in June before this whole tip comes in. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The tip comes in from Downer in July. But Halper, the bagman, all five bagman, contacts Page in June to invite him to London where they're working with UK officials. How is that? If the case started with the tip on Papadopoulos, how is Page getting an invite from an intelligence asset working with friendlies in the United States in June? Because folks, the case did start with Papadopoulos, just not in July. It started way back earlier with Mifsud and them in April. What am I telling you? Folks, I believe there was a FISA on George Papadopoulos first. And that FISA on George Papadopoulos, due to that April meeting with Mifsud, who I believe is working with us, he's not a Russian asset. It makes no sense. That FISA on him, which would force them to admit they were working with Mifsud, is probably how they came across Carter Page as well. How? Because we know it was limited, but we know Papadopoulos had some contact with Page. Now, follow me. 
The Bureau knows Page is working with the Trump team as a foreign policy advisor. He tells a newspaper editorial board, Donald Trump, that Papadopoulos and Page are working with him. So it's not a mystery. But folks, they don't have anything on Page. Now, they have something they think on Papadopoulos. Why, Joe? Because they're working a CI case with Mifsud, mm-hmm. who's feeding them the dirt stuff, right? All right. Follow me. They mm-hmm. have nothing. Zero. A big fat egg on Carter Page. And in order to get a FISA warrant on Page, which they did, you have to show not only is he acting on behalf of a foreign government, that's not illegal. Foreign governments lobby in the United States all the time, but you're doing it in violation of U.S. law, i.e. spying. They don't have that on Page. Matter of fact, Joe, they have exculpatory information on Carter Page. Why? Because Carter Page has worked with the FBI before to lock up Russian spies right. in the Buryakov case. Carter Page has never in his life been charged with any intelligence, espionage-related crime, any crime for that matter. He's a Naval Academy grad. There is no evidence Carter Page was working on behalf of the Russians at all. Zero. So how did they get Carter Page then? I told you why I think they had Papadopoulos, because of the Masood meeting. I can almost guarantee you that there was a FISA open on Papadopoulos where through the two-hop rule, they get his email to the page. Someone at the FBI who has worked with Page in the past, hey, look what we got. Oh, looky here. Look what we got. We got this guy Papadopoulos we've been trying to set up. Uh, email and this guy Carter Page. Someone at the FBI is like, hey, hey, do you remember we worked with him on that Russian spy case? Russians! Get our buddy Halper in here. Get the bag man. Aisle five bag man, please. Remember the intercoms that starts paging aisle five yeah. bag man. Bag man, we need a Russian colluder. <laughs> Halper, can you go contact Carter Page? Halper comes back, feeds him what they need to hear. All of a sudden, boom. Carter Page appears magically in another FISA. That's approved in October. Then... It would make perfect sense if there was a FISA on Papadopoulos, which is how they make the leap to Page, which is how they get Halper in there to go contact Page. Then it would make a world of sense, by the way, Mm -hmm. how the FBI came up with the specifics about the dirt thing. Because even if Mifsud was working with Intel, but not necessarily directly contacted to the FBI, maybe he was working with the CIA or other foreign friendlies, Joe. Mm Mm-hmm. If they were up on a wire on a FISA with Papadopoulos, maybe Papadopoulos emailed someone somewhere about, hey, this wacko I I dealt with said something about the Russians or something. It's all coming together. This whole thing is so much bigger than just the Trump campaign. All right, folks, I'm really sorry if today's show was confusing. Um, I didn't intend it to be that way. And I know... Many of you enjoy Spygate. Some of you like our other stuff. Uh, but this is really important. That Chuck Ross piece now taking the date of this as far back as 2014. I'm taking it back to 2008 with McCain, just to be clear. But that Halper constantly appears as the aisle five bag man for an off-the-shelf Russian colluder tar and feather job before Trump is even running for office. Should tell you the Obama administration had this thing planned the whole time. 
None of what I told you is open for dispute. The analysis at the end, you can challenge. And you know what? I enjoy when you email mm -hmm. me back. Matter of fact, one of my good sources, we kind of have a little bit of a friction on that. That's fine. But the fact that Halper has been a key figure in meetings with Trump officials and enemies of the Obama administration and has associated almost all of them with the Russian colluder aisle five off the shelf label should say to you that the Obama administration had this thing planned the whole time. You know, they say with food, when in doubt, throw it out. <laughs> well, the Obama administration when in doubt, go to aisle five bag, man. And don't worry, we'll produce a Russian colluder <laughs> label for you. It's now transparently obvious. And I'll leave you with that last thought that I'm highly suspicious now that the FBI is in a panic to avoid telling you that this case did not start July of 2016, that it started in April of 2016 with the targeting of Papadopoulos by a guy everyone believed in the, on the hack side was a Russian. I mean, the liberal and media hack side who may now turn out to be a U.S. intelligence asset, which will blow this thing wide open. All right, so uh, yeah, folks, thanks Daddy. again for uh, tuning in again. Yeah, that was was it. Was that yeah. okay? Did we, we, yeah, it was we, a lot of info, wrap that though, up? bro. A lot of info there. Babe. It is a lot. I know. Yeah. Read the show notes today; it'll make a lot more sense, uh, folks. We appreciate it. And please go pick up my book, "Exonerated: The Failed Takedown of Donald Trump by the Swamp." We describe. All of this, this book is going to be phenomenal. I spent another hour on the phone yesterday uh, working out the details. It's really good. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I really appreciate it. Um, folks, you all been great. Today, was a, this was a great week. So uh, thanks a lot, and I will see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.